Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John 4. And as you go there, let me tell you a story about a deceptive grocer. Lawrence Barr writes, the grocer operated a small store in Arkansas in the 1940s. A customer had come in who was having company the next day and told him she needed a large chicken since she was having a lot of visitors. He pushed his hand down into the bin of ice where the chickens were kept and came up with a chicken. When he put it on the scale, she stretched to see the weight and declared, I need one larger than that. And so he put the chicken back down in the ice and fumbled for another. To his chagrin, he had no other chicken. So with that, he pulled out the same chicken and to the weight of it, added a hidden finger on the back of the scale. When she eyeballed the scale, she confidently declared, I'll take both chickens. <laughs> what do you do with obvious dishonesty? What do you do with obvious dishonesty? When you encounter someone who's being obviously dishonest, you, some, something that you say, that's not true, I hope you reject it as such. I hope you do. As we arrive today at 1 John chapter 4, we find John warning believers about a very real danger, that of false teachers. I want you to follow along with me in the first six verses of chapter 4. 1 John 4, follow, follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. False teaching and false teachers continue to be a serious problem for the church today. If there's been any change from the time that John wrote until now, it's that false teaching has only grown and increased in, into a multitude of elaborate systems. It is now easier to find and easier than ever to spread false teaching. Satan and his demons, of course, have never taken a vacation from their mission of corrupting God's truth, spreading error, causing confusion. So wouldn't it be nice to be able to expose false teachers for who they are? Wouldn't it be, able to, wouldn't it be nice to be able to expose false teaching as soon as you see it? Unfortunately, exposing false teachers often isn't easy. And that's because false teachers usually mix into their teaching a little bit of truth. Thankfully, there is a way to identify false teachers and their teaching, and John points to it in the passage that we're looking at this morning. So I want to take a closer look at what John says about dealing with false teachers and their teaching. 
Note that John is addressing the church. He's instructing believers here because we hear him once again calling them beloved. Six times John addresses believers in 1 John as beloved, and it's used to address people who are loved by God. And, and people who are loved by God, God wants to keep you in the truth. He wants to grow you in the truth. And so this is God moving John to pen these words for his people so that we would be guarded against error. What follows is important for all believers to give their attention to. John says, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. In other words, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe without examining closely the claims of everyone who says they are speaking the truth for God. Like your mother taught you, don't believe everything you hear. How foolish it would be for us to believe everything we hear. It's as bad as believing everything you hear in the news. You don't believe everything you hear in the news, do you? It's as bad as believing everything you find on the internet. It was on the internet. It has to be true. You don't say that, do you? (laughs) It would be as bad as reading those emails your friends forward you and forwarding them to someone else. You don't believe those emails, do you? You don't forward those emails, do you? Believers should be cautious about believing everything they hear. We're surrounded with so many opportunities to be misled, and it could be as something as harmless as a, as a goofy email, but it's a lot more serious than that for the church. It's a lot more serious than that for God's people who, who need to know the truth and who, who need to live in obedience to the truth and need to tell the truth to others about the Lord Jesus Christ, about God's Word. Believers should be cautious about believing everything they hear. Believers should not take as gospel everything spoken as gospel by people claiming to speak God's truth without closely examining their claims and comparing their claims to God's Word, whether it's teaching received through the printed Word in the books that we read or online or whether it's teaching we listen to from this pulpit or any other pulpit or teaching we hear on the radio or listen to on the internet or teaching we watch on television or on video, people who do not examine closely and carefully what they're being taught risk being terribly confused and easily led into error. So what does John tell believers to do instead of believing everything they hear and believing everyone who is teaching? Again, verse 1, do not believe every spirit. Look at it. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. John says it's time to test the teacher. (laughs) Teachers give tests, but here he says it's time to test the teacher. Using the word spirits here, John emphasizes that there are spirits as in more than one. As one commentator says, John's point is straightforward. Behind every prophet, every proclamation, there is an energizing spirit. Their message will inform us as to the origin and source of their message. The word test here, it's important. It means to try, to scrutinize to prove, to examine, and 
This is the role of every believer, really. We cannot say, well, I, I go to a good church. I just, you know, I just believe whatever they say and whatever I hear and whatever is handed to me. It, you need to be discerning. This is really the task of every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we know God's Word, that we read God's Word, that we not only submit to its truth, but, but listen to what it has to say to us and then compare what we're hearing to what God's Word, the Bible says. Believers ought to closely examine and scrutinize all teaching as to whether it genuinely is biblical teaching or not. What spirit is driving this teaching that I'm hearing? What spirit of teaching is driving this this teaching that I'm reading, the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the devil, we need to know, we need to ask. And we need to ask the Scriptures to help us, help us understand. There's an example of this kind of close examination of teaching and teachers in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It's one you've likely heard many times. It's a very important reminder. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, but they didn't stop there. They received it with eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. What am I hearing? How does it compare to what God says in the Bible? Am I hearing the truth? That's the attitude you also should have. That's the attitude we need to have as a church, receive the word eagerly, hungrily. It, it, receive the word, pursue the word of truth, and, and pursue hearing the word proclaimed. There's something important about our gathering together. We make, we make our messages available in audio format. We put them on the internet for people to listen to who aren't able to be here. But there's something more special about being here, isn't there? And we come together. We ought to be hungry to hear the word of God proclaimed. And yet we need to take what we're hearing and say, is this the truth? We ought to be so hungry for the word ourselves that we read it so that we bring with us the word of truth dwelling in us richly so that we might say, that's true. What he says is true. What they say is true. What I'm hearing in Sunday school is true. I need to live that. I need to obey that. Why? Because it's possible that what you are hearing is not from God. And if it's not from God, then whose teaching is it? Verse 1 says, look at verse 1 again, For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's why you're to closely examine what you're being taught. Here's why you should test the teacher. Because there are many false prophets in the world. And here's where you need to take very seriously this admonition from John that you test the teacher, test the teaching. You must not take lightly something you test and find not to be in agreement with God's Word, with the Bible. Why? Because if it's not in agreement with the Bible, then whose teaching is it? It's Satan's teaching. All false teaching is from Satan. Consider this biblical description of Satan from J.I. Packer who says, Satan's deceptive cunning is highlighted by Paul's statement that he becomes an angel of light disguising evil as good. As he was Christ's sworn foe, so now he is the Christian's always probing for weaknesses, misdirecting strengths and undermining faith, hope, and character. And of Satan's demons, Packer reminds that they use deception and discouragement in many forms. 
This is why you must closely examine the teaching of people who claim to speak the truth of God's word. If what is being taught, if what is being proclaimed is not in agreement with the Bible, then it is not from God, but it is from the devil. We, not, we ought not take this lightly. I think often we, we tend to be guilty of thinking, well, you know, that, that, that's not necessarily from Satan. It may not be good. It may not be the right thing, but it can't be, you know, uh, boy, we are, we are in a spiritual battle. And we need to understand that there's a battle going on that we don't see with the, with the eye, with the human eye. That God's word declares it to be so. That We need to look at the word and say, well, yes, there's a spiritual warfare going on. And we need to be engaged and well-armed and well-equipped and obedient to take what God has given us as armor and, war, and warfare implements to, to fight the, the fight against false, false teaching, things that would creep into our lives and change the way that we think and, and respond to the situations that we find ourselves in. This can be very subtle, and often your defenses against the deceit of the devil are lowered for one or several reasons. For one, you might believe that a huge TV ministry might be quite all right because the church, after all, has grown by leaps and bounds and they've got several thousand members now and and the preacher has written many best-selling books. Do not, do not let the size of a church, whether large or small, be the measure of truth. Only God's word should be your your measure of truth. Only God's word should be what you use as the yardstick for. Is this truth? Is this teaching truth? For another example, consider the books you read. I hope that you are readers. God has given us so many good things to feed our souls, to to take us back to the word of truth, to point us back to the truths of scriptures. I hope you read good and engaging devotional works and and critical works and things that, that shape your thinking with the word of truth that take you again and again to the reading of scriptures. But we can give ourselves to, to reading all kinds of things, and maybe you're a reader and you don't pursue the things that, that would help shape your thinking about the word of God with the truth of the word of God, but but you're letting your mind go many other places just because you, you, you have a close friend who, who maybe recommends this wonderful book that has changed their life and that everyone is reading and it's on the, the top of the bestseller list does not mean it is truth. It does, does not mean it's agreeing with the Bible. You should closely examine and scrutinize all teaching as to whether it's genuinely biblical teaching or not. So how do you test the teacher? How do you test the teaching? How do you test whether the teaching is of the Spirit of God or is of the Spirit of the devil? Look at verses 2 and 3. Verse 2. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. What about that teacher? Are they teaching that Jesus Christ came as God in human flesh? In other words, does their teaching agree with what the gospel of Jesus Christ crucified for sinners proclaims? John is writing this to the church. That ought to be a wake-up call to us. 
He's not writing this to the world. He's writing this to the church. Because there are people in our day, as there were people in their day, that, that proclaim that Jesus was not God. He might have been a good man, a good teacher, some sort of a, a prophet or something, but he wasn't God. He wasn't God in human flesh, and they were teaching as if they were speaking for God on that matter. And that deception is still being taught today, as well as many more that are like it. But you can detect much of what is false teaching today by measuring what is taught against whether it agrees with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is what they're saying in agreement with what the Bible teaches? That's why you need to know the gospel That's why you need to know the good news of Jesus Christ. And it ought to saturate the heart of every believer. And when it does, we will be guarded from much of the error spread by Satan and his demons. And so you hear me say once again, as you've heard me say hundreds of times before, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Know the Scriptures. And you will be well equipped to detect false teaching because the Bible is not a normal book. It is a book that when you submit your life to it, this is God's Word, and so He promises to take the Word like a surgeon's scalpel and do heart change in you and mind change and thinking, change your thinking and your, your actions and your conduct, your thoughts, your speech. That God is gracious to take the Word when we humble ourselves before it. When we read the Word, He takens it and quickens our, our thinking with it and gives us discernment that we might look at something and say, that's true or that's false, and be guarded against those things that are false and strengthened with those things that are true. In verse 5, John points to another way to expose false teachers. Verse 5, they are from the world. They are from the world, false teachers. Therefore, they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. In other words, false teachers are speaking, we could say, from the world's point of view. Because they are of the world, and they are not of God. They're not, like, they're not thinking as God's word instructs, they're thinking like the world. And since they are of the world, the things they teach are music to the ears of people who do not want to be inconvenienced by the truth of the Bible or the commands of God. And so expose false teaching by considering if they're teaching to itching ears or not. Are they teaching the things that just please people? Or are they proclaiming the very truth of God that sometimes does not please people but does speak the truth and does step on our toes at times? Are they trying to please people with what they teach? On the other hand, people whose teaching is from God, those whose teaching is by the spirit of truth, listen to and follow the apostles' teaching. They listen to and they follow God's word. They listen to the Word of God, and they teach to please God and not please man necessarily. Some of the things that a a truth teacher teaches may be very pleasing to hear, but if you hang around long enough, you will hear the Word of God proclaimed, and you will hear things from God's Word that offend you because you need to be offended by them and corrected by them. Those who teach the truth listen to the word of God and teach to please God, not man. 
Look at verse 6. We see the contrast here. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Notice he doesn't say whoever knows God likes what we say. <laughs> There's no qualification there. He listens to us. Those, those who are from God, if you are a follower of God, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you listen to the truth proclaimed, whether it's something that tickles your ears or not, because you need to hear it. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. But this, by this we know the spirit of truth. It's by this. How? By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. What are they teaching? Are they teaching to honor God, to speak the truth of the Bible, or are they speaking so that people will be happy and content with what they hear? Maybe not even changed, but, but just happy and content with what they hear. Teachers who are teaching truth listen to and follow the teaching of the apostles, which doesn't always tickle ears. Their teaching is in agreement with that of the apostles. They teach what the apostles taught. And, and for the church today, we're talking about what God gave the church and gave us through the apostles' teaching, which we find in the New Testament. And God gave us the Old and the New Testaments to instruct us, to correct our thinking, to, to order our lives, to, to correct us when we're wrong, to convict us when we sin. And so you can learn to expose false teaching by comparing the teaching of those who teach with what the Word of God says, what the Bible says. People who know God and are known by God agree with God in His Word. People who do not know God will not agree with God's Word. That ought not surprise you. We see it all over our culture, don't we? Sometimes we see something going on. We hear it in the news and we say, what in the world's going on? That's, that's totally not right. That's not biblical. And you shouldn't be surprised. Because people of the world don't think like God does. They aren't being shaped by the word of truth. Of course, the implication here is that you need to know and understand God's word. Again, I say read your Bible. It is a powerful book that God promises to take and use when you submit yourself to it and humble yourselves before it and read it and, and take it in day by day. Not necessarily you know, once a month, but, but day by day as you do, God promises that his word will not return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which he intends it. And you can rejoice in that. You ought to be a reader of the Bible if you long to be guarded from false teaching. That's what we see the early church doing, we see it in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 when it says of them that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That wasn't the only thing that they devoted themselves to, but it starts with that. They devoted themselves to what was being taught by, by God's men who were speaking God's words of truth. Now you do have a part in exposing false teachers and that is your part. Devote yourself to being a reader of, a believer in, and a, and a obeyer of God's word. Read, believe, and obey God's word. That's your part. We all have a part in, in the church to, to play, in guarding the church, in guarding our families, in guarding our own hearts and minds from false teaching. Our part is to be people who are of the book, be people who are readers of the Bible. Devote yourself to being a reader of, believer in, and obeyer of the Bible. But even as I tell you, you have a part, I, I want to encourage you with this. Be thankful 
that exposing false teachers isn't all up to you. What I haven't touched on yet is the Holy Spirit's part. You may have noticed I haven't talked about verse 4 yet. I've kind of touched on this when I've said, you submit yourself to the Bible and read God's Word, and God promises to take the Word and use it in your life. And, and here's where I get that. Look at verse 4 again. Seen in verse 4, there is hope, there is encouragement and comfort for believers right in the middle of this teaching from John to test the teachers. Verse 4, little children, again, speaking to believers, you are from God and have overcome them for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this promise is yours. This is certain. Though there are false teachers, many in the world, whom Satan is using to deceive, you can expose people whose teaching is in opposition to the Bible. You can be guarded against their false teaching because he who is in you, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit at work in you. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. God, the Holy Spirit, who is in you, is wiser, is stronger, is mightier, and has the unlimited resources of God and will overcome Satan and his demons who are working to deceive you. Do not be surprised that the spirit of the deceiver is at work in the world today. Satan is doing all he can to misdirect and thwart the testimony and witness of believers. Satan would love for us to be sidetracked and and watered down as a church where we don't believe and obey God's word. And so our testimony is weakened. Or or for false teaching to creep in and lead us astray into the things that, that weaken our testimony and destroy our testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be surprised when you recognize there's deception in this world in which we live. But don't be discouraged. Do not be discouraged because Satan's actions, Satan's motives, they have been exposed for what they are. They are the lie of the one who's already been declared the loser. God's word makes that plain. I want to quote J.I. Packer again who says of Satan and his demons, Satan should be taken seriously. For malice and cunning make him fearsome, yet not so seriously as to provoke uh, abject terror of him. For he is a beaten enemy. Satan is stronger than we are, but Christ has triumphed over Satan. And Christians will triumph over him too if they resist him with the resources that Christ supplies. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Acknowledging Satan's reality, taking his opposition seriously, noting his strategy, anything provided it be not biblical Christianity, and reckoning on always being at war with him, this is not a lapse into a dualistic concept of two gods, one good, one evil, fighting it out. Satan is a creature, superhuman but not divine. He has much knowledge and power, but he is neither omniscient nor omnipotent. He can move around in ways that humans cannot, but he is not omnipresent, and he is an already defeated rebel, having no more power than God allows him, and being destined for the lake of fire. 
We've got to be encouraged, even as we see the reality of false teaching in the world that we live in, even as we see the reality of false teaching in many places called today churches. Believer, take the deceiver and his lies seriously. False teachers do exist. They speak in ways that are very appealing to a world who longs to be satisfied and comforted in their sin. But also take heart. Be on guard, but take heart. Satan is the loser. We can praise God that we have his word on this. Do not be discouraged that those who teach lies appear to have great success. You hold to the truth. You stand on the word of God. You embrace the Bible. You embrace the truth that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 